Hello and welcome back to Solid. My name is Jake. Here we are with the, the Battlehawks Week 7 Recap, baby. We're doing it. We're doing it. We uh, gotta. I think this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. First, we're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about some, some weird things that happened during the game. We'll talk about the defense. We'll hand out some awards. Um, but yeah, we're let's you know what let's get into it. So on on Saturday the uh, the second the I think it was Saturday or was that Sunday? It was Sunday. Sunday the second. Battlehawks improved to five and two, taking down the once undefeated Houston Roughnecks twenty four to fifteen. Um, like I said before in the reaction, the game was the game was uh, not as close as what that score would uh, would tell you. It was uh, the 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 Roughnecks. Got only six, got only six offensive points. Um, they, they got the the field goal and the the scoop and score, um, but they held they held one of the best offenses in the league to uh, to six points for their last away game of the season. That's good. That's a that's a good that's a good feeling to hang your hat on. Especially like we we started off the season with three away games and they went two and one. Um, but to but to end it to end your last your your last road stretch uh, going two and zero that's that's a that's a good thing to to that's a good situation to be in. But let's let's start with AJ McCarron. All right, we always start with him, uh, except for that one time that we didn't. But every other time, every other time we start with him. So we're gonna go back, gonna go back to that. Go go back to AJ first. All right, he was twenty six for thirty four, uh, two hundred twenty two yards, three touchdowns. He had three sacks for twelve yards. Okay. 26 for 34. You don't... Okay, I'm not a big numbers guy. I'm not a big, like, math guy. That's only eight incompletions for the entire game. Okay? That's only eight incompletions for the entire game. In the fourth quarter, you know, we've been keeping track of this. Fourth quarter, he was... This is impressive. Nine for nine, 77 yards, and one touchdown. Watching the game, I didn't realize that it was that good. I didn't realize he had a perfect uh, fourth quarter and a damn near perfect third quarter. But nine for nine, 77 yards and one touchdown. So that brings his season total in the uh, fourth quarter to 37% of his yards are coming in the fourth quarter, and 33% of his completions are uh, are in the uh, in the uh, fourth quarter. All right, so let's let's get into some of the issues of of AJ McCarron. This is going to be very very nitpicky stuff. Okay, this is very nitpicky because he played an excellent game. Okay, all but one of his incompletions were in the first half. All but one, okay, and that now to be fair, that that one incompletion in the in the second half was was kind of an earned incompletion. He had pressure in his face the entire time, um, but all of his incompletions except for that. So seven incompletions in the first half. Like to see him start a little bit stronger than that. Not not miss those because that that kind of led to uh, that didn't really lead to some to, to some bad spots. But again, it's nitpicky. It's nitpicky stuff. They still they were still aggressive in that in that first half. Um, he was missing uh, high when they were in slash around the red zone um, on the, that first touchdown drive. He missed an open uh, Darius Shepard from the 26 yard line. We all saw that. That was kind of a bummer because he's wide open. Um, and then that uh, Marcel Aitman's catch that got called back on the goal line. Ball could have had better placement. Put him in a better uh, uh, like spot, a better a better spot to come down with that ball inbounds um, again. Very, very nitpicky. Um, maybe, oh, he got hurt going down, so he could strengthen his ligaments, you know, just 
just do that. If you just wanted to do that, you just just go in there and strengthen those bad boys up. That would be good. Um, another thing is that he's been doing so well that I expect him to keep playing well. So I'm getting soft. My issue with AJ McCarron is making is is that I'm getting soft. He's making me get soft. I want him to make me hard. Um, yeah, I I said that right. Uh, and then my last issue with him is that he doesn't have more passing yards than Ben DiNucci, and I fucking hate Ben DiNucci. Uh, he was he was a cowboy for one game, and the Eagles beat the shit out of him. I don't I, I don't like him. I don't like Ben DiNucci. He's cocky. I watched that that Seattle game, and he did some like finger pistol thing. So I, my issue with AJ McCarron is that he's not getting me hard, and um, and he isn't beating Ben DiNucci. So. And, he, and his ligaments are uh, not the strongest. So so that's where I'm at with my issues with A.J. McCarron. We're in a good spot. We're in a good spot at quarterback. We're in a very good spot at quarterback. So, some other good uh, some good stuff about uh, about A.J. All right, literally everything else. That's, that's what's good, all right? Uh, he had his touchdown, the first touchdown to Gary Jennings. It was like a sidearm adjacent throw like he he like went kind of he like moved his arm to the side a little bit but like floated it over the I don't understand physics I'm not a smart guy but somehow he did it love that uh like I said only one incompletion in the second half like I said he's a is a damn near a perfect second half of the game uh only the one incompletion when he had pressure in his face uh on that first touchdown drive he was eight for 11 for 85 yards guga wow that's Whoosh, he's, he's doing well, man. Uh, he hit nine different guys throughout the game. At the beginning of the season, I was saying that I, uh, I wish that he'd kind of just like focus on some specific dudes so we could see what we had. Turns out, we got dudes. We got dudes. Maybe some dudes are a little bit better than other dudes, but hitting nine different guys and moving the ball like that. Good, good golly. I don't know how you defend that, honestly. I don't know how you defend that kind of a passing game. Um he took what the defense gave him throughout the game, and I'll probably uh, touch on this later. But they played a lot of uh, they played a lot of shell. All right, the the defense played a lot of uh, a lot of shell. Had a, their their uh, um, the corners and the uh, safeties were playing back a lot, not giving up the big the big uh, big plays. I thought that those would be there, and uh, I said if they if those big plays weren't going to be there, they're going to need to switch it up and, and hit a lot of guys. And sure enough, they did. Uh, so he took what the defense gave him, uh, and then and then he called the play to ice the game. All right, he called the play to ice the game. So it was right before it was the, the they needed to get the first down in order to get into victory formation. He runs over to Beck, tells him what play he wants to run, what routes he wants guys to run. And it was just some little bubble to, to Darius Shepard that had been working all game. Sure enough, he throws it. Darius Shepard doesn't have a guy around him for nine yards. Takes it three more after that, or like five more after that. Gets 15, or 14, 15 yards or something like that on a third down to get the first down to ice the game. So, I mean, he know, he's, so, he's good, man. He's, he's good. A.J. McCarron, noted good quarterback, okay? I don't have much else to say, dude. Like I said, he's doing so well that I expect him to keep playing well. It's making me, I don't know. I went into this XFL season scorned, uh, full of hate um, because of the the, the, the way that the uh, Super Bowl ended. And, and AJ's been giving me entertainment, man. I like it. I like it. I don't like being soft. I want to be hard. Okay, uh, let's go into wide receivers. First one we're going to start with is Darius Shepard. Seven 
catches on eight targets for 70 yards, one touchdown. His long was 14 yards. The only, only miss was the one where uh, A.J. overthrew him. That's the only one. He's he's good, dude. He's good. He's a quick little guy. I, hell, he's good. Uh, he's in, in that that long of fourteen with uh with seventy with seventy total yards. All right. So with him, he was like it's not the biggest long like the biggest the biggest number. His long is not the bit fourteen's not the biggest number, but he was consistently getting double digit yards on on catches. He had ten yards on screens, uh, twelve yards on a third and short. Uh, uh, that touchdown on that fade. He's that's where he's really at his best is when he can just off off the snap just beeline towards the corner of the end zone. He's outrunning everybody. He's outrunning everybody. It's mwah, 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 mwah. chef's kiss. That he's he's good in that. And now, problem is like I said uh, before, when he's getting covered, he like I said he's not the biggest guy in the world, so that's where he has some trouble. But. He's he's good at getting open, dude. He's good at getting open. I love and I love me some Darius Shepard. Good dude. Um, Hakeem Butler, on to him. Four for uh, four for six for twenty seven yards. Not a not a loud game. Uh, uh, one touchdown. That was loud. That touchdown was loud. Uh, his his long was sixteen yards. Oh, the dogs are barking. How does this happen every single time? Every single time. They haven't barked at all today. Whatever. Uh, what was I talking about? Uh, Hakeem Butler. He had the longest sixteen, and that was that touchdown. All right, that was. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. He's. Can you? Are you able to slow your body down in midair? Like I know if you're if you're like skydiving, you can like put your arms. At least that's how it works in like uh, uh, War Zone and on PUBG and stuff. Like you spread your arms out, you slow down. Like, but I, that's when you're skydiving. That's when you're skydiving. He's just running, and then he jumps up in the air and like. The, the the maybe he didn't slow himself down, but the defensive back just keeps going way too far. Keem Butler does this acrobatic catch, just snatches it out of the air for a touchdown. That was awesome. They interviewed him on the sideline afterwards, and they're like, "Ah, did it feel like you're having to battle for that ball? It looked like you had to battle for the ball." And he just said, "No." That's a G answer, dude. I love that. Uh, and then he was uh, on the two point conversion right after that. That was another sneaky acrobatic catch on the two point conversion. He just. I don't think he necessarily needed to jump because he's six five, and I don't think AJ is going to overthrow a guy who's six five, six six, whatever it is. Uh, but he jumps up, grabs it, and then finger rolls it through the uh, th- through the uprights. I could have sworn that was a penalty. Maybe dunking it's a penalty. You can just people need to just start laying up on, uh, just start doing layups on the uh, on, on the uh, uprights. That's I like that. That was a, that was a good look. Uh, another one of his catches when he set Donnie Hageman up for the 59-yard field goal right before the end of the half. Could have done, gone down a little bit quicker, but he got the yardage he needed to in order to get Donnie to kick a 59-yard field goal. That being said, if I'm Donnie, I might be a little bit upset that he didn't just like get one yard less, so that way Donnie could have kicked a 60-yard field goal, because I think it would have been good from there. Um but that was good that he uh, he came down with that, especially like last week. I, th- I think he started off with uh, uh, two drops, and I mean, he didn't he didn't really have that this week. Um, he also got a uh, 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 defensive pass interference, uh, and Dean Blandino didn't call it because Dean Blandino sucks. Um, he really really does, uh, and I'll I'll get more into that a little bit later because it just. In the reaction, I yelled, I yelled, I yelled at Dean, and I am sorry that you guys heard me yell into a microphone when this is an audio medium, um, but I might do that again later, uh, because watching this game again, it got me hot, dude, it got me hot, I'm focusing on that later. Next person we're going to talk about, all capital letters, Jake 
Sutherland. Finally. Finally, finally, they're using a tight end, making sure they get him incorporated in the passing game. Oh my god. Finally. Finally. It's like for the first six weeks, it's like one target a game. And he's come down with every single target. And guess what? He did that again this week. Four for four for 26 yards. His long was 15 yards. That 15 yards came on a third and 17 uh, before the quote-unquote failed challenge. So unfortunately, that 15 yards didn't help keep a drive going. Uh, but still, man, you give me 15 yards on the third and 17, you're doing great because that means that you can go forward on fourth. That's perfect. That's perfect. They're doing the same thing. He did the same thing that the team was doing last week when they were bouncing back from from uh, uh, third and long, second and long. Those that, that he did a, that was great. He's just so consistent. Hell, at one point they even hit him twice in a row. They hit him twice in a row. He normally has to wait a week before between catches, and he had to wait about 45 seconds this time. It was great. Um, it's it's just it's nice to know that they're not just using him as a gimmick, just as some. I mean, it, 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 at some point, it, it almost felt like they were kind of using him, not even like a trick play, but they were using him in just like these really weird roles. But I'm, I'm glad that they kind of went away from that this week and, and were hitting a big guy who can use his momentum to move. Um, next one, Gary Jennings, 2 for 2 for 26, uh, uh, one, uh, one touchdown. Uh, uh, long of 14. He had a great tu- uh, great route on that touchdown fade. Great ball, too, by AJ. He just never slowed down. Just just ran a race. He just ran a race to the back of the end zone, and the ball was right on him. Great catch. Love that he didn't have to adjust anything. Just great route. Great placement by both him, uh, by both AJ with the ball and Gary. Love that. Um, Marcel Aitman, okay, two for five for 18, kind of a quiet game. Now, this was his first game back after being injured for three weeks, being on the IR, hasn't had a whole, like, too much of a productive season, certainly less productive than you would hope that the guy that you drafted first overall uh, would have. Um, but uh, he was a great third down target. Uh, eight, his uh, 18 yards, the, the two catches for 18 yards, both of those were nine-yard receptions. Um, that first scoring drive, he got nine yards on a third and short. Love that. Don't just get the third down. Keep that ball moving. Uh, like it when, when teams don't don't act like the third down is a do or die. Love it when they keep it going. Uh, they targeted him early, which is very big for the this kind of game plan. Is cause he drew attention throughout the game. He did. Now, uh, that kind of ended up, I don't want to say it burned him a little bit later on, uh, but it, it, it really, it, it, I don't know what I'm, where I'm trying to go with this. But it, it, he did draw attention throughout the game, and that got a lot of other guys uh, to, uh, uh, to get their chance. I mean, that's part of the reason why he hit, uh, AJ hit nine guys. So it's just good for Marcel, Marcel Aitman to be back. Love it when you get another guy that's above 6'2". I think what is, uh, Marcel Aitman's like 6'4". 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that. Love it when we get the big guys, when this offense really kind of kind of thrives on that. Um, next one, Austin Pearl, uh, 2 for 4 for 17. Not a really big game, nothing notable. The only only big thing that I liked from him uh, is that there was a play, one of his catches, he absolutely got smoked, but then he didn't go down. He just kept moving. Like, he just absorbed the hit like, like, like Black Panther and just kept going forward. He's not a big tackle break, uh, big tackle breaker, and this was kind of big hit too. But he just kept moving, so I like to see that from him. Um, they also his other pass they got him in space, so I love that they're using him for that more now. Uh, Stephen Mitchell had a couple catches for ten yards. Giovanni Haskins, another tight end, caught a pass and didn't fall down on his route. Uh, so it was a pick six, like he did in the uh, in that first DC game. So it's good for him for not 
not falling. That's that's what you like to see. A guy who falls not falling. That's that's a good thing. So that's the wide receivers, tight ends. I'm glad I'm glad that there were that many names. That's a that's a good thing for this offense. Going into the running backs now. Starting with Brian Hill, okay? Ugh, Brian, 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 Brian. Um, rushing, he was 11 carries for 53 yards for a long of 15 yards. Kind of a mad production for him. Um, wasn't like the most consistent or anything like that. It was the two fumbles, man. It's just not, I mean, I don't have to say it's not good. You know that. It's First play of the game, fumble. That's a gut punch. I'm glad that they were able to bounce back from that. That's really good to see. The other one, the ball just it just it just squirted into the into the uh, uh, linebacker, whoever the hell it was, it just it got ripped out and just squirted into his arm, so he was able to just cut, grab it and stride and take it for a scoop and score. Bigger thing for me though is that that's four fumbles slash near fumbles in in, in two games for him. Um, that that can be telling. I don't think that's fluky. I wish it was fluky. I wish it was fluky, but I don't think it is. Because, I mean, you, you saw it again this week, and I'll get to Mateo Durant, but just the level of talent, the level of production, the level of everything between Brian Hill and Mateo Durant, and he- even more so with Kareem Walker, it's it's such a huge it's such a huge difference, man. It's such a huge difference. Um, for receiving Brian Hill, actually, I liked his receiving better than I liked his rushing. He was 3-for-3 three for, three for 28 yards, long a 16 uh, that 16-yard catch was on a third and 14 after the uh, the scoop and score. Uh, he had a 16-yard catch and run. I love to see that. You, you in that play, you got to see what makes him good. He's so fast. He was out. He caught the ball in the middle of the field. Was able to outrun the uh, the linebackers in the uh, in the nickel. He was he was just he was just able to outrun them and got upfield and got the extra yardage. I love that. Um, Mateo Durant, like I said, he's four carries for eight yards. Just mad, dude. Like I understand that they can't just keep Brian Hill the entire game, but like why can't pick somebody else up? Like pick, there's got to be somebody. Shit, the uh, Seattle just got Philip Lindsay. Phil, now Philip Lindsay obviously is very good, but there's got to be other people out there. There's got maybe Philip Lindsay's not very good. That might have been a little bit much, but he's good. He's going to be good in this league. You, there's got to be other people out there besides Mateo Durant. Like that, it's just. He just doesn't mess with this offense because what they're trying to do with these running backs is not something that Mateo Durant plays to. I don't want to see him run the ball. I want to see him catch the ball in space. That's what we want. Um, Going to the offensive line. Um, You know how I flame the offensive line every single week? I do that every week. I I flame everybody on that offensive line. Not this week. I'm not going to. Uh, it was another good game from them. I said last week that it was their best game that they played as far as pass protection goes. This one might have been just as good. Because this defense was better than the Vipers' defense. Um, like, this defensive front that they played against, they have the most sacks in the league. They they lead the league in sacks and only got two real sacks. Like, one of the, one to be fair to, to this, this it was, one of the sacks was a really good, a really good defensive play. It was a really good defensive play. But that doesn't normally happen. A lot of the sacks that, that A.J. gets, uh, that A.J. takes, are because of terrible offensive line play. Um, that's just it's good progress. It's good progress. I was I was afraid that this that this uh, offensive line wasn't going to mesh till like week eight or nine, but it's good seeing them do that at week six. So that's good. They uh, they gave AJ time to throw, uh, which really helped AJ with with picking his spots. Like I said before, they're playing a lot of shell, so they're going to need to give AJ time in order for those plays to develop. 
But in those plays did develop. Those guys weren't necessarily open. So what this gave AJ time to uh, to do was to do these checkdowns. Make sure you hit these guys for, like I said, with uh, Darius Shepard. 10 yards. If they're going to give that to you, take it, man. So they, they gave AJ a lot of time to throw. I love that. The run blocking could be better, but I'm not going to touch on that um, because they weren't exactly the most confident with the running, especially with that fumble right off the bat, which probably was a good thing for this uh, for this offense that they that they stayed away from running when they were able to pick on this defense throwing the ball. Uh, but pass protection was was good. I liked that. Uh, only only one of the tackles got thrown one single time. That's good. A lot of times they get thrown like two three times every drive, but only one guy got ta- got thrown one time in the game. And I don't even think it was uh, our uh, our Jawan Bushel Beatty. I think it might have been Jared Jones Smith got thrown. Uh, there was only they didn't have any uh, uh, any bad penalties. They didn't have any bad penalties to, to, to put them behind the sticks or anything like that. It was good. Uh, now, one thing is that Steven Gonzalez, I believe he the left tackle, uh, no, left guard, uh, went out with an ankle. He did come back in, but that's going to be something to watch. Um, offense as a whole, it was just another good offensive game. There was kind of a lull in the third quarter. You know, um, I would I would like to see, when, whenever there's something like that happening, I would like to see more plays that are schemed for the bigger guys, like shorter shorter. Short plays for the bigger guys, like uh, uh, Hakeem Butler, Marcel Aitman, Jake Sutherland. And they did get those guys the ball. They did. But whenever there's a lull like that, I would like to see more plays that are schemed for those guys to get open and get the ball. Um, especially when the matchup favors their size over the defensive backs. Because the, these these Houston defensive backs, I mean, notably six, seven inches shorter than them. Um, it seemed it seemed like they were trying to get the ball to the smaller guys in the in that third quarter, and it just wasn't working. So I'd like to see them switch it up a bit, kind of kind of do like a a little rhythm change there. Um, but that's it's it's a small thing. They didn't let they didn't let uh, the defense didn't let Houston have a third quarter either. So I mean, if 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 you can just stalemate in the third quarter, I'm fine with that. Um, they, uh, like I said. Uh, the uh, the offense took what the defense uh, the defense gave them. They didn't they didn't have any they didn't really allow any of those deep bombs. Um, but AJ had 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 the protection to go through his progressions, hit that short and inter- intermediate stuff. Uh, when they got moving, they stayed moving. That kind of goes along with hitting that short stuff. They were able to just keep these those scoring drives going. They had three scoring drives. One was a thirteen play, ninety seven uh, yard eight ish. Minutes. Uh, that was after the turnover, after the uh, interception. Their second scoring drive was eight plays, forty-five yards, and five minutes. That one was very helpful when that when that kicker uh, did that uh, when when Houston's kicker didn't make it to the twenty-yard line. Uh, buddy Donnie Hagman kicked a fifty-nine-yard field goal. Uh, you can't you can't get the ball to the twenty-yard line. You stupid bitch. Um, no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't call him that because that's going to be an award this week. He's a stupid bitch of the week, and spoiler, he didn't get it. Uh, but eight plays, 45 yards, five-ish minutes, and then the last one was 11 plays, 73 yards, seven-ish minutes. Um, so it's they when they got that ball moving, they just kept it moving. That was great to see. Great, great, great drives by them. Um, and again, it was it was also nice for them to to make sure that they're getting the tight ends involved. So that was good. Um, okay, before I get to the defense, I want to touch on some other things in this game. We knew I was going to talk about this. Kind of hinted it at it before. Dean fucking Blandino. Dean, 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 Dean. Okay, the drive after. Okay, I, I ranted on it in the in the the, the reaction, um, saying that uh, to not when you, when a coach challenges challenges a play, 
you can't just not look at it in slow motion. You can't call it a bang bang play and not looking at it in slow motion. If Dean wanted to just if if, if Dean wanted to review that play himself and wanted to do it in that regular mo- in that regular speed, that's totally fine and I get that. But Anthony Beck challenged the play, so that means you got to pay more attention to it. It's not just a regular review. This is a challenge, okay? But the drive after the failed challenge was the Marcel Aitman uh, catch that got turned into an incompletion, okay? On that, on that play, Dean slows the fucking play down. Dean slows that fucking play down to make sure that Marcel Aitman bobbled the ball when it hit the ground. That's goddamn dog shit. I like the idea that they're doing. That I like the idea that the XFL is doing where they have the Sky Judge review things. I love that. But Dean is so inconsistent and he sucks, man. God, I hate that guy. Um, okay, on to happy things. Another thing I want to touch on before we get to the defense. Our boys... Our boys, the Battlehawks boys, make these guys the mascot. Make these guys the mascot. I want these two guys, like, at home games, instead of getting the two people to hype up the crowd, give me Ted from, from northern Wisconsin and Jerry from Hazelwood, who grew up in Granite City. Give me these two guys, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to play I'm gonna play the audio from, uh, from Ted from northern Wisconsin, because I love him. Um, but I don't want to undermine Jerry from Hazelwood, okay? I don't want to undermine him, because he himself is a character, right? So, so Katie George was interviewing these guys after halftime, and uh, uh, she she first looks at this guy, talking to this guy Jerry, who she ends up saying that he's from from Hazelwood, and and she asked him, she said, "When did you become a Battlehawks fan?" Uh, and then Jerry said, "Well, it's the younger generation. He's some fucking old man ramble. This guy, the guy's a goddamn lunatic. Some goddamn lunatic." He says, "It's the younger generation. I was really fed up with uh, uh, with with everybody leaving St. Louis first with the Cardinals and then the Rams. So, so that's when I became a a, a Battlehawks fan. But I, man, I but I don't know if that timeline adds up." <laughs> like, like what is it? Is that the younger generation? Is it the Cardinals and whatever year that was? Is it the, is it the Rams in 2016? It is 2023 right now. When do you, I listen? I don't know if the timeline adds up, but who am I? I'm not gonna blame anybody. I'm not gonna flame anybody for their allegiances. Okay, Jerry, you do you. Uh, you you're 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 a character, and I love you. But Ted, Ted from Northern Wisconsin, here he is. Go back at home, Ted. You drove all the way down to Houston. How long of a drive was that? 22-hour journey down here to Houston, but well worth it to support my Battlehawk Warriors. I can appreciate Warriors from the other team. I hope we are victorious. Can you show the new ink that you have on your arm? I love the Battlehawks. I wear the crest of them right there, as you see. From the northern regions of Wisconsin all the way to the lands of the Lou, we will hail victorious. You heard it, Tom. They'll hail victorious, and they think they've got a championship caliber team down here. Oh, my God. Ted, I love you. What the hell? Okay. I, I'm not going to make some kind of assumption. I'm not going to make some kind of assumption uh, about uh, uh, Ted's state of mind. I, how is the dog barking? I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to make an assumption. I've been burned by making assumptions before. I'm not going to make an assumption. We're just going to assume that Ted has some kind of normal life. All right. That's what. That's where we're going with this. We're going. Ted is just a normal dude. But holy shit. 
the regions of northern Wisconsin? Okay, now, to be fair, if you are living in northern Wisconsin, I fully expect anybody in northern Wisconsin to 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 identify where they live as a region, all right? If somebody near me would be like, where do you live? Like, well, I live in the region south of St. Louis. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's goddamn crazy. But if you're from, <laughs> if you're from northern Wisconsin, all right, I get it. But how... How was he able to articulate every single word that he said? I am here for my Battle Hawks warriors. <laughs> Ted. Ted from northern Wisconsin. You absolutely are the man. I love you. God, he he and the, the makeup that he had on, it looks like he wore it to battle. It looks like he wore it like it was like smudged. It was like smudged and gross and like not completely there anymore. It look, like I know Viggo Mortensen, uh, like filming filming Lord of the Rings, like just wore the costume all the time. I'm fairly I'm fairly certain that Ted from Northern Wisconsin just walks around as a Viking. I'm I'm am certain he does. If he doesn't, if he does, I'll drink a cup of piss. If Ted from Northern Wisconsin, how are they still barking? There's nothing. There's nothing for them to bark at. Man, I just, oh, I love Ted. I love Ted a whole lot. He just had some some doofy Skyrim-looking helmet on, had a had a, a foam sword that he was, he had a tattoo on his forearm, and he uses his foam sword to point at it. I love that use of that sword. I love, that's like having a foam finger and then pointing at something on your body where it hurts. That's using the foam sword to point at a, point at a tattoo. Tremendous use of the sword, okay? Last thing I want to touch out before uh, we get to defense Shout out to the guys who were in that crowd that bought or that brought baby prosthetic legs to the game in support of their friend who had an amputated leg. That was the guy that was hanging the amputated nub over the wall. Shout out to the guys who went on Amazon and searched prosthetic legs for babies, bought three of them, and then brought them to an XFL game. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. Kind of sad that they sell baby prosthetic legs. We're not going to think about that. We're just going to think about guys being dudes. That is just dudes being dudes doing dude stuff. Love that. Okay. Defensive line. That's where we're going to start with the defense. They did not have the greatest first half, okay? Uh, they got they got ran on for a few big plays. Uh, Houston's offense, they had 136 rushing yards total, uh, which is not a whole lot. Um, certainly less than, than we've seen before. Um but over half of those rushing yards were from big plays. Uh, Seventy-two of those rushing yards came from 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 big plays. We know those can hurt this Battlehawks team. We know those can hurt, so they're going to need to make sure that they can continue to limit those. Um, but honestly, what is that? Was that like? Let me go to this Roughnecks uh, rushing total. Yeah, that was that was four 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 big rushes for for seventy two yards. I can take that because as as long as it's not like the six or seven that we've seen happen, like when we're playing uh, uh, DC, the, that when those add up, that's where we, that's where the Battle Hawks start getting punished. So as long as they can keep those down, I'm fine. I'm fine with seventy two yards in big plays if the total is only going to be one hundred thirty six. The other thing, um, they. That kind of benefited them, even though they weren't ha- the defensive line. That kind of benefited the defensive line. That's a hard sentence. Uh, when they weren't having a great first half, is, is that Cole McDonald was sensing pressure that wasn't there, and then he started doing the things that if you're 
if you have a run-first quarterback, that you really don't want them to do. But if you're playing against a run-first quarterback, this is absolutely what you want him to do. Because uh, then he, he started sensing that pressure, and then he started started dropping his eyes and, and, and dropping back and rolling out, like, really deep. Like, really deep. Like, 10 or 15 yards sometimes. Like, even, I think it's like the last play of the game, he, like, dropped back, like, 15 yards. Um, so that... The defense not having a great first half. They did they did kind of find themselves in a in a good situation, um, but everything kind of changed in the third quarter uh, when they got their first sack. Uh, and it was it was kind of a, it was kind of a, 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 a weird one looking at it. So so none of the D linemen lined up on the ground, like they all just lined up in a two point stance, just a sprinter stance. Uh, nobody nobody put their hand in the dirt. They they got in the sprinter stance and then just all just ran straight forward for a group bull rush. Um, and I guess at some point, A.J. Smith, the, uh, uh, the Roughnecks OC, told Cole McDonald to stay, uh, to stay in the pocket for longer, and he absolutely paid for it because this, D, this D-line just bull rushed everybody and, I mean, got home really quickly because uh, that, that was when, uh, and I'm going to nail this, I'm going to nail this name, Freedom Akinmoladun nailed it. That's when Freedom, uh, Freedom Akin. How did I mispronounce Freedom and not his last name? Freedom Akinmoladun uh, got his first sack on that play, and that's kind of when that's kind of when the game changed for that defensive line. Uh, then they started coming alive and, and actually started uh, physically imposing their will, rather than like they were getting real pressure on Cole McDonald, rather than just making him just kind of feel like it, even though like getting phantom pressure when it, when it wasn't there. Um, they all, they, like, nobody really had, uh, like, a huge day statistically. Uh, big one, and it, it, it won't come down. Like, it, it, it's not in the, it, it doesn't count as a statistic because it's on an extra point. But LaCale London got a great sack. Uh, just bull rushed the left guard. Just put him on skates uh, and, and, and got a sack on, uh, no, it's a strip sack. Got a strip sack on, on Cole McDonald. Uh, and that made it that stopped the game from being a tie game. So, defensive line kind of tail of two halves there. First half didn't didn't do a whole lot, but were existing and certainly living rent free inside Cole McDonald's head. And then in the second half, they they started paying rent um, and and uh, just just bullying him. Um, linebackers and defensive backs is what we'll talk about next. They had the better game. Um, Cole McDonald, his numbers for the game, he was 15 for 32, only 106 passing yards. He had a touchdown interception. Like I said, got sacked twice for 14 yards. Um, that Cole McDonald <laughs> interception, uh, that's what that's what we kind of expected from Cole, uh, unfortunately. Uh, he, he was the, the uh, defensive line forced him to roll out to his right, uh, and then he throws from outside the right hash, across the field to outside the left hash. And Brennan Sebastian has like two and a half hours to get to the ball and just picks it right off. It was, it was, it was a clean looking, that was a clean looking interception because he had a lot of time to think about it. Um, talking about Brennan Sebastian though, kind of weird. Uh, in the sideline interview that they did with him after, after the interception, uh, they, Katie George brought up his tattoo sleeve and he's talking about it, and he mentioned that on his sleeve uh, he has a family slogan on it, and the family slogan is "Dominate the Day." That's an aggressive family slogan. Like I don't know many family slogans. If they're all that aggressive, yo, we need to chill. Like, what? Like I okay, Brendan Sebastian, he's in a good spot because he's playing football. I don't think his entire family's playing football. 
And if you're just like, I don't know, um, what's a what's just a job? What's just a job that people have? Uh, you're a librarian, and your family slogan is "Dominate the day." You're like, you're gonna, you're piss off your ancestors, man. Like, Bernard Sebastian did a good job with this family. Like, I'm sure he's got like a cousin out there who's just like, well, fuck me. <laughs> What the hell aren't I doing anything? Why did why did why did Brendan Sebastian have to go and get interviewed on TV saying that that's the family slogan? Like everybody knows, I've told people at work that my my cousin plays in the XFL and now they're all gonna watch him and they're he's gonna he chooses this game to bring up that our family slogan is dominate the day. Now people are just gonna flame me at work. So you know if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna be thinking about anybody this week, make sure that you put some. Put some thoughts out there for Brendan Sebastian's extended family who uh, uh, don't have a physical job. Uh, okay, so that's Brendan Sebastian. Next one, Mike Hampton. Um, he didn't have uh, this. He came back. I guess he, they said it was an illness last week. Is that he didn't play? Only thing about him is that he had a DPI on uh, on on uh, Houston's only scoring drive. If he didn't get that, uh, if he didn't get that uh, that DPI, it, it moved the ball to the to it got him a first and goal from the one yard line. It was just a matter of time until they scored. I think they would have been able to stop them if they. Uh, I think uh, Battlehawks would have been able to stop Houston if he if he didn't get that. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, that would have been cool if they just would have blanked that offense. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Nate Matters on the flip side of that. 11 tackles, man. 11 tackles. Um, let's put this into perspective. Okay, so he had, he had 11 tackles, 8 solo tackles. There was only 59 offensive plays by Houston. That's about 20. That means Nate Matters got about 20% of the tackles in the game. If you look at 11 tackles, you're like, that's a pretty high number. But when you give it... 20, a fifth of the game, a fifth of the plays were stopped by Nate Metters. That guy is flying around the field, flying around so much. One point he came inside, like he, okay, that was, nah, you know what? That's not the worst thing I've said. He came inside and then tackled the guy at the, tackled the running back at the line. He's flying around. He is flying. He's making, he's making a statement that Nate Metters. Um, Linebacker I want to talk about though, Travis Feeney. I love this guy. I love this guy. Uh, he had two tackles for a loss, one sack. Um, on the season, okay, on the season, he has 18 tackles. Uh, 13 of those are solo, okay, but 18 tackles. Three and a half sacks, five tackle for a loss. Of those 18 uh, tackles, eight and a half of them are going backwards. That's about 50% of his tackles sending the offense in the wrong direction. That is good. Anytime you hear a Travis Feeney, you're like, oh, that play is going backwards. When you see him flying around a corner, you know that that play is going to be going in the wrong direction. Love me some Travis Feeney. Talk about the defense as a whole. Um, so this is this kind of, this was kind of a different game than um, the the games against uh, DC. So DC is is a heavy run game. They they have a heavy run game and and the Battlehawks they they planned on stopping the the run in that game and then they got beat deep they they got beat with the, by uh, by by uh, DC's throwing game all right so when they're they're planning they're planning to stop the run and then they get beat throwing this game they planned on being thrown on but then they got I don't say they got beat but the 
the the running game was more effective. So it was kind of it was kind of a weird it was kind of a it seems like they haven't necessarily been able to to really make it like come up with a defensive scheme that can stop both. And I'm I understand that it's it, to to ask them to stop everything is is a little bit outlandish. But you would like to see be able to kind of see an offense. Well, I don't know if you'd want to see an offense get more balanced. Maybe this is a good thing now that I'm thinking about this. I mean, obviously getting beat throwing the ball is is worse than than getting beat in a run game, I guess at some points unless uh uh Abram Smith is is running two 70-yard and 62-yard touchdowns. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just something to make sure that you're keeping an eye on. They now they again, they did great against passing in this game. There was one guy on on Houston uh, who got 50 yards receiving yards, and that was on seven receptions. So he got a lot of volume to get those those 50 yards. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, like hopefully, hopefully they can take this performance and then use it going down the stretch. Okay, because next week they have the Vipers. Yeah, Vipers are kind of in a, a shit spot right now. But then after that, you're you're looking at you're looking at um, fucking Ben DiNucci in Seattle, and then you're looking at. Uh, Orlando, who just won their first game. You, you, I just want to make sure that they can use this good... It was good to see them kind of shut down a passing game. Maybe that's what my point is here. It's good to see them shut down a passing game, and I hope that they can use that going forward, okay? Um, the, def- the the DBs and linebackers, uh, they did great against screens, too, this game. Uh, it seemed like they were always getting first contact uh, on screenplays, like behind or right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they did a good job stopping big quarterback runs, and that's what Cole McDonald was a huge threat for. His longest run was was ten yards, and it only happened one time. Um, there were really the, the these these linebackers and defensive backs were really quick to respond to whenever he tucked the ball and was going to run. In the in the fourth quarter, uh, D line forces uh, Cole McDonald to run on a third and long, but the 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 defensive backs were in uh, prevent defense at that time, but they came down very fast. And got Cole McDonald for only a four-yard gain, making him uh, making him punt. So I love that. Uh, all in all, like I said at the top, this is a defense. They took a team that averages 27 points a game. They limited them to six offensive points, and I love that. Okay, that's defense. Let's go to special teams, and then we'll get to some awards. Special teams will be quick. One thing I've noticed, and it's kind of been apparent, Darius Shepard hasn't had any huge returns in a couple games. I know that we kind of got used to expecting that. Maybe that all kind of changes whenever uh, he comes, whenever they uh, get back to the dome, because that seems like that's where he was having a bunch of his big ones. Um, but it's just that's just something that I noticed. Last, uh, the last special teams thing, Donnie Hagman, Donnie fucking Hagman the third. You, my dude, good from fifty nine yards. Good from fifty nine yards. Okay, love that. Now, he is eight and twelve. He's got eight makes on uh, on on uh, on on twelve attempts, uh, which is which is the worst percentage in the league. It's uh it's sixty six percent. That is the worst percentage in the league. Um, but baby, fifty nine yards. That's the longest field goal in the league. So suck his dick, dude. Suck his dick. I don't give a shit if he's got if he's hitting sixty six percent. Fuck you. Fifty nine yards. Hell yeah, Donnie. That's great. All right, let's get to the awards and get out of here. Kakao of the week. Obviously, this is going to our boy Donnie Hagman. We always doubted him. 59 yards in the wind. That's special. That is special. Kakao of the week goes to Donnie Hagman. Again, I've said that I, I don't give this to uh, to quarterbacks or else uh, it would always be going to AJ. Um, 
Donnie Hagman, 59 yards. Kaka of the week to you, sir. Kaka of the week. Uh-uh. The uh-uh of the week. We got the kaka of the week. We got the uh-uh of the week. Dean Blind Dumbo. Fuck you, buddy. You are bad. All right, next one. Uh, you stupid bitch of the week. This is a fun This isn't new. I started this one last week. The you stupid bitch of the week. Uh, the you stupid bitch of the week obviously goes to Wade Phillips. And this goes directly into Donnie Hagman's 59-yard field goal. Wade Phillips used all his timeouts at the end of the first half so the Battlehawks could, could get the ball back and kick field goal. Wade, you stupid bitch. What are you doing? Stupid. Stupid bitch. Okay, uh, this is a new one. I'm going to give my credit uh, the uh, credit on this one to my wife, the uh, coward of the week. Coward of the week. Uh, this is going to a coward. This is going to a real coward. Uh... Not a whole lot of cowardice this game, but one thing was very uh, coward-like. Uh, when and it's obviously it's going to go to uh, Coach Anthony Becht for not doing the fake punt on fourth and inches. Why the hell not? Why wouldn't you take a chance? It's the XFL. Run a fake punt. Take your shirt off. Live a little. He's getting the co- coward of the week. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get more people that are. Uh, uh, that are more deserved of uh, being called a coward. This one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I called you. This is not the most like I'm not. I'm not calling you a coward from my stomach here. Like this one is just like, yeah, I gotta call somebody a coward. Um, and coward is too good of a name to 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 uh, a word to not use. So Anthony Beck, you're getting a coward of the week for not doing the fake punt. Um, I'm sorry I trusted you of the week. Next award is the I'm Sorry I Trusted You of the Week. Everybody knows that I'm a big fan of this guy from his days in Hawaii. He won me a lot of money uh, when when he would play those those late-night games. He's great. He was a great battle, uh, bailout uh, late-night game. Uh, the I'm Sorry I Trusted You of the Week is going to Cole McDonald. Uh, my bad. I really talked him up in the preview. My bad. He, uh, I promise he's better than what he did this week. I promise he is. This was this is a bad day. He had a bad day. We can all have bad days. Unfortunately, his was uh, probably the first time that you've ever seen him. Um, last award. Last award is going to the. Uh, it's the. It's the. Maybe stop showing that, please. Hey, maybe. Uh, maybe stop showing that to us. Uh, the Maybe Stop Showing That Please Award uh, goes to the camera guy who kept zooming in on the amputated guy's leg nub. I understand that if you're amputated, you gotta you gotta let loose. You gotta let loose. And I'm not. I, I think it's common. I don't think, I mean, I don't want this to come off as me being mean. But seeing an amputated leg nub makes everybody very uneasy. Maybe not everybody. It makes a lot. It makes a majority of people uneasy. And that camera guy, he kept. He found that guy with the leg nub, man. And ha- shouts to him. He was like I said, just guys being dudes. He was just. He just propped his nub up, pointing it at the field on like the edge of like uh, at the edge of the wall. Love that for him. Quit showing that, please. Maybe stop showing that, please. Um, so that is it. That is the awards. Um, Thank you guys very much for listening. I know this one was long-winded. My dogs barked a whole lot. I had to uh, stop so I could yell at them and get them to shut up. Um, hopefully uh, hopefully, I edit that out correctly. Um, thank you guys again very much for listening. We're going to tie a knot here on this Week 7 win with the Battlehawks going to 5-2. Uh, and two. 
this week taking on the Las Vegas Vipers at the Dome. It's going to be a fun one. Absolutely whomped them two weeks ago. They've changed a lot of things up in two weeks. Uh, who knows if it's for the better. Uh, Luis Perez is not there anymore. They traded him for a linebacker and then signed somebody else, I think. I can't remember. We'll figure it all out. I'll ta- touch on it with the preview. Um, if you have any questions, you want to reach out to me, find me on Twitter, Instagram, Jake L. Beckman is my handle, J-A-K-E-L-B-E-C-K-M-A-N. Talk to me there. Uh, I will talk to you guys on Friday with the uh, uh, Week 8 Bird's Eye Preview, baby. That's where we're going to be at. That is when I will talk to you next. I hope you guys have a great day. I will talk to you later. 